Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey, and I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, whether you're doing it on cnjradio.com or you're subscribed on iTunes, never missing one single show. cnjradio.com, home of, of course, this show, Rock Strikes 10, the flagship, the wrestling house show, which is gearing up for a massive, massive relaunch coming soon to an iTunes library near you, and of course, home of the Synaptic, featuring the true alternative, Randy Brown, except no substitute. That guy's great. Go check out the Synaptic also. All right, well, this show's kind of a long time coming. I remember, actually, before I even started Rock Strikes 10, I reached out to my guest here on the show this week, and, uh, you know, for some advice, uh... My guest today is only the longest-running rock and roll podcaster in the world. Uh, one of the first, I guess, five or six podcasters ever. And I'm talking about Mr. Michael Butler, host of the Rock and Roll Geek Show, the Howard Stern of podcasts, as I like to call him. And that's a massive compliment. At least I think it is. Uh, and Michael's always been really good to me. And when I asked him to come on the show here... He didn't hesitate. He said, of course. So, very cool, and it's an honor. So, let's just get to it, because we're going to talk for quite a bit before we get to the first song. I have Michael Butler come on my show, and we discuss his all-time favorite records, because I wanted him to finally put it all down, because he always talks about his favorite albums of all time. So I wanted a list, and I got it. And I got a whole lot more. But hey, enough of my yakking. Okay, yeah, you know where I'm going with that. Please enjoy the interview I did with Michael Butler here, and I will uh, make a programming note at the end of this episode to explain to you what is going on. You're like, oh, I didn't hear a couple of these songs. Well, I will tell you why. That's supposed that that's that was supposed to happen. So don't worry about me. I'll let you know at the end of this episode. But for now, enjoy. Uh, hello, can I speak to Michael Butler, please? Say it. Uh, Michael Butler, this is you Joey. You got the original rock and roll geek here, longest running podcast. Say it. Who am I on with? You're on with Joey of Rock Strikes 10. How you doing today, sir? Hey, Joey. What's the matter? Kiss guys too busy to come on? <laughs> well, see, okay, here's the thing. And I'll even say this on the show here. You know what I've noticed is, uh, you know, especially as a longtime Howard Stern listener, radio, and I'm going to include podcasts and all that, radio is like the mafia. Uh, when you get into it, or if you do anything major, you got to kick up to the big guy at the very beginning. There you go. And, Who's and, the big guy? And the then, and, and that's you, sir. You are the first rock and roll podcast ever. Nobody can ever take that away from you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you pay tribute to the man, and then if you're going to kick in a little bit, you got to go. You go below that, but you got to pay tribute to the man first, and then you can go down from there. No, the way it works is you start a podcast and then you badmouth <clears throat> the guy who you um, listen to first and then say his show sucks. And then you try to get him into a war with another podcast. And then you go back and forth and say, and you hear what he said about you. You hear what he said about you. And then it becomes a podcast war. And then everybody uh, then becomes a big circle jerk and we all lose. Yeah. <laughs> this is just like the, those days on the Stern show, isn't it, though? I mean, don't you feel like. The fact that if there's going to be a target, it's you. But I realize that still makes you nuts. But it's just, can, can you realize it's the same thing, though? It's just like the zookeeper and the grease man and all that shit. 
I don't really care. Be honest with you, Joey, because I don't really care. I'm too busy doing my own thing. I don't listen to these guys, so it really doesn't matter to me. Well, obviously <clears> you <throat> care because you keep you keep talking about it. You keep bringing it up. I mean, I'm just busting your balls, Joey. I don't care. I li- actually I actually subscribe to that Kiss podcast, which I have a couple things I can I have a couple things to say if you don't if you, I mean if you like get into the podcast wars here for a minute. Yeah, sure. I mean, I want to I want you to say stuff you don't normally get to say on your show, so. Actually, the Kiss podcast um is when they do the roundtables, it's yeah. like really bad in my opinion because you got these four nerd guys trying and they're talking over each other and generally one or two of them has a really really bad skype connection and they always make crack they crack inside jokes and they're always the worst nerd jokes of all time i don't i don't um fault them for their kiss dedication i actually love their kiss dedication i just wish they weren't I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm talking about. I, but I love the um, spinoff show they did, The Cheap Trick. Yeah, I was actually I, – I, I was sending them a message saying they need to have you on there. But I – see, I'm talking over you like they did, like they do each other. <laughs> but I do love The Cheap Trick podcast that they do because they, they, they're not super authorities on – or he he's actually the only one I think who, who – who uh, does the trick trick. I don't think any other guys come on that show, do they? Yeah, they do. But it's, uh, I mean, Ken's definitely the, the host, you know. But I like the show. I even like the Kiss podcast because it, because I know they're true Kiss fans and just, yeah. you know, some of the jokes are a little bit too um, nerdy. Yeah, but, you know, it's it's obviously insider jokes. So if you're a big enough Kiss nerd, you know, you're <clears throat> tuned into it for that reason. So. I, and my, by me, myself, I could talk about me. I don't really give a crap who <laughs> listens. I'm anything I say on the show. I'm not afraid. I'll, I'll tell the guy to his face. Yeah, no, I know, I know. So. I like their show. I subscribe, so that's awesome. Yeah, I guarantee he doesn't that's, subscribe that's to mine. That's more than I got, though, right? It doesn't matter, you know. As long as you get people emailing you and calling in on, to the show and stuff. Yeah. If yeah. nobody calls on emails, I'll probably get bummed out. Yeah. If I looked at the numbers, I'd probably get bummed out. Nah, yeah. If but the Kiss mean, guy looked at his numbers, he'd probably get bummed out too. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> it really doesn't matter. As long as you got people listening. Yeah, exactly. Even if they're not listening, who cares? It's just fun to do. Yeah, you don't do this. For, you don't do this for anything else other than the love. I just imagine that one guy's listening, and it ain't Joey Rock and Roll because he stopped listening. Oh come on now! I am completely caught up and up to date, sir. You can oh, ask me anything yeah. about anything you've done on your show, and I've used to be your fact checker <laughs> too. Like that's like ninety nine percent of my listenership. I definitely have from you, and I'm not even going to bullshit. I'm, I'm going to say it right here. Uh, if it wasn't for you, Michael Butler, and that's why I, I would have you on the show anyway. But I do have to take this time personally on record to thank you, ninety nine percent, probably more than that, of my listenership for Rock Strikes Ten is strictly because of the Rock and Roll Geek Show. So thank well, you very that- much. It doesn't matter. I consider you a friend, whether you do a podcast or you badmouth me or whatever. I'll still be your friend. Yeah, you're a good guy, Michael. <laughs> I mean, I don't have everybody over to my house, so you know. Oh, that's I, right. I came to your house. You didn't bother cleaning it for me either. Thanks. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You know that. You know it's funny because after you left, ta- I know you were in town for a media business, but uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> after after you after you left. I thought of this really funny story, actually. I think it was in Manson's book, Marilyn Manson's book. He talked about the first time he got to meet Johnny Ramone, and he was all excited about it. And then this isn't what I took away from it, so don't get me wrong, but I just thought it was funny because he goes, I get to go over to Johnny Ramone's house, and all he wants to do is watch the World Series. 
and, oh, yeah. he, and he got bummed <laughs> out about it. Uh, <laughs> Why? Because he's not a baseball fan? No, no, he's not a sports guy at all. Like Johnny's like the hardcore baseball guy, you know. So Marilyn's like, I just wanted to talk rock and roll with him, and you know, you know, all this stuff, and he just wants to watch baseball. <laughs> Because that's, <laughs> yeah. that's what we did. We wound up watching the World Series. <laughs> yeah, I tried to. When I had Eddie Trunk on, <clears throat> I tried to. Because I heard he was a Mets fan. Somebody told me he was a big Mets fan. Yeah. So I tried to break the ice and talk about baseball. And he's and yeah. he, like, yeah, it was a blow-off answer. Yeah, because he said, what, what do you think about the Giants? He's like, oh, the New York Giants? And he really perked up because yeah. he's a freaking Giants nerd. I mean, Football. like, if you follow him on Twitter, it's just like every time the Giants play, it's like, oh, God. Just like every touchdown, you got to say something. And I'm not even a football guy. Just like, uh, anyway. I thought I could talk baseball with him. It turns out he doesn't even watch baseball. Yeah. So. That was rough, man. I got, I'm out of practice doing the interviews. I got to get back into it. No, I, 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 I like. I honestly like the interview. So I, I thought this is kind of the low-level version of, you know, what you just did. Like, you know, I have, like, for for where you are, like what he does is like your, your, your like kind of be all end all as far as where you would want to take the rock and roll geek show hypothetically probably I'm assuming you'd want to be on serious, you'd want to have a show on TV and all that stuff right? It is what any music podcaster would like to do. Yeah, so I'm right sure. now I'm in the I want to be as big as the rock and roll geek show. You don't know how big the rock and roll geek show is, so how do you know? Maybe you're bigger. No, there's no way. There's no way. Trust me. That's that, but that's what I'm striving for. That's all I'm saying. And then, so, but cause you, you want to, you want to, anyway. All right. Fuck, you should strive it. to be as big as the paranoid squirrel. How about that? Yeah, I like paranoid squirrel. Yeah. I've never listened to his show either, but I stayed at his house when I went to England. <laughs> nice. Phil's a nice guy. I like that guy. I consider him a friend too. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he stopped listening to my show once he started doing a podcast too, but I don't care. Yeah. No, I, I take the time, I take it to work. You know, when I'm when I'm at my shitty job and we're at the uh, whenever it's after hours or before hours, I get a chance to put on the iPod. That's what I'm doing. I'm listening to you. So <clears throat> get me through a lot of bullshit at work. So thank you. All right. Fuck off. <laughs> you're gonna try to think, you're trying to be a Kim Fally. And I'm really trying to get you in that other direction. So, uh, okay. So Michael. As long as I, I mean, I've been listening ever since. Uh, I, are you drinking right now, or you don't drink, do you? No, yeah, I'm drinking Seven Up. Oh boy, it's not even Seven and Seven. You really not even you don't drink? I've I've never I've never been drunk in my entire life. I went to the bar with you. I remember we went to when I came to visit you. We met at met at a sports bar and, and watched because I was watching the World Series. The Giants were playing Texas in yeah. the World Series. Yeah. And you weren't drinking, were you? No, yeah. We watched one game at the bar, and we watched one game at my house, like I think the next day or something. Remember I yelled, go Giants, and then yeah. ducked down? <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, it was mid-city suburban. Like, they're not going to – even Texas, which has like a big, you know, redneck reputation. I mean, in, in a layback place like that, no one's going to start shit. I actually love Texas. I'd like to move to Texas because California's starting to suck. But Yeah. I mean, at the, at the very least, you know, go where the action is and move to freaking Austin. You know, where yeah. Jasper is. I want to go hunting, and kill animals. I know. I mean, I know there's a ton of places closer to me actually. If you're a hunting guy, so yeah. And Uncle Ted lives there too. I could drive you to Ted Nugent's house. Actually, I would love that. I would knock on his door. He would kill me. I, I you know, I'll, I'll tell you this real quick, and then we'll get to the show. He lives I, in Waco. He lives uh, outside of Waco. It's a town called Crawford, which of course his buddy uh, George W. Bush lives out there too. 
but I, uh, for the longest time, that I used to have to pass through Crawford all the time, and my grandparents are still alive. I go visit them, right? They live in this little last town called Gatesville. And when you get into Crawford, it's the first time in my life I ever saw cameras on top of uh, a red light. Uh, oh, and and not only was it like, you know, nowadays, little bitty cameras, there were like these like tripod cameras on top of each four-way stop at the major intersection of Crawford. And, you know, I was like, well, that's weird. I wonder what those are. And then red I light re- tickets. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> sure. It's what they're for. They give you a red light ticket. You run a red light and you get a $400 ticket or whatever. Well, yeah, but, ticket. yeah, but normally, yes. But obviously, they're surveillance photos because literally when you turn right down that one four-way, it's about a mile from Bush's Crawford Ranch. Oh, oh okay. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> I know exactly where they live. So does Tad New? Tad New just got the Spirit of the Wild Ranch, right? Yeah. I would love to go hunting on his ranch. That I could, would be a I could dream at least, come true. It'd be kind of like a, one of those espionage movies. Like I could take you this far, and then afterwards you're on your own. <laughs> if I could do anything before I died, it would be to go hunting with Ted Nugent. Oh. That would be a dream of my. Even more than that would be second only to jamming with Ted Nugent to play in bass with Ted Nugent. I you 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 should make that kind of like a bit, I guess. I mean, put it out there because think about it this way. You know, a lot of guys that do these kind of shows are not that down with Nugent the guy. And, and and I'm not saying you may are politically or not, but I know you're, first of all, you're a hunting man. He can definitely get around. He can definitely get behind that. And if you put that out there, I think if you can get it PR'd <laughs> enough, I mean, he would have you out there, man. I'm no, telling you. You can go hunting with Ted Nugent for $12,000. Just go to tednugent.com. I've already looked. Wow. So he won't even <laughs> do a media bit. <laughs> to, I don't, I don't sell, know. I don't, to maybe, sell the twelve thousand dollars, I mean, if someone did a show about it, saying how awesome it was, if he could potentially sell more twelve thousand dollar, you know, kick-ins, just to have you out there for a little bit. All I right, think Joey, that, I'm going to go to tednugent.com. I'm going to send an email and offer my services to promote uh, Spirit of the Wild Ranch to go hunting with Ted Nugent. There you go. Maybe I could be your producer for that part. Okay. Well, why don't you make? Why don't you line it up? All right. All right, I will do. I will suck your dick if you let <laughs> you make that happen, and I'm not even gay. Uh, yeah, I, I know you would, but it's not necessary. So, <laughs> just uh, I'll take plugs instead. All right. Okay. So let's. I'll give you two. I'll give you five hundred dollars if you can make it happen. How's really? that? And I don't even have five hundred dollars. I'm unemployed. Yeah, I, I hear you. I'm... But I'd pay five hundred dollars to go hunting with Uncle Ted. All right, man. Uh, <laughs> that would be a dream, man. So welcome to what's your show called, Joey? Sorry. Welcome to Rock Strikes Ten. I'm Michael Butler, guest host on the Rock Strikes Ten podcast. I'm here with Joey, the the uh, host of the Rock Strikes Ten podcast. We're gonna do tonight Michael Butler's top ten albums. Is that what we're doing, Joey? Yes. I mean, right. you can do ten um, or twenty. Would you like to turning it back over to you? Go ahead. Thank you for sending it back over. That's fine. Uh, thank you for the introduction. By the way, it was that was an honor. <laughs> So, so Michael, when I when I sent the message to you to come and be on the show, and like I said, thank you very much for coming on. By the way, I'm drinking Tecate tonight, Joe. Oh yes, and how are you doing tonight? I'm super great. Couldn't be better. Thanks for asking. All right, nice. So, as long as I've been listening to your show, Michael, and it's been a long time. I'm a long time listener. I'm a subscriber. I never miss an episode and all that good stuff. Uh-huh. You always talk about <coughs> liar. Uh, what? <laughs> Say it. What? <laughs> You always talk about albums that you love. You do those oh. classic albums revisited. About, the greatest like, albums ever made. Yeah. But 
I don't believe you've ever gone on record and really got it down and narrowed it down to, you know, like they say, you know, it's, it's a cliche term, but desert island, whatever you want to call it, if you had to narrow it down, how far down can you go? Can you at least get down to 10? I'll let you get down to 20 if it's too hard, but... Well, the, like the, Jasper always says, if I can interrupt, sorry for interrupting. Sure. Jasper always says, you say every album is one of your favorite albums of all time. Well, I tried to narrow it down. I got it down to like 25. Brilliant. So let's let's do 20. You can even uh, say your five runners up, and then we'll just go from there. How about it? Okay. Is this in any special order? No I'll, special. I'll give my least favorite. I'll start with my probably my least favorite. Okay. Okay. Sure. I'm not going to listen anyway. I know you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Share it. That's all uh, I ask. All right. It's all right. So the top 20. I tried to narrow it down to 10. And there was no way. I and and by the way, people who say are going to say albums aren't included. This will this list probably would change next week. I right. what I did was I just looked on all the artists on my iTunes. I don't even think I made it past S. Wow. So, and yeah, as all major music geeks go, we we can't really narrow this down. So it's it, I'm going to take it on your word as of today, which is what's the date today, Michael? August. Uh, it, it, August 11th. <laughs> Welcome to Rock Strikes 10. It is Wednesday, August 14th. Thanks a lot for joining us. I really appreciate it. All right. So By the way, me. if you're listening to Joey's show, please donate to the Rock and Roll Geek Show friends and family because I'm unemployed and I need the money. Or at least buy something from Adam and Eve. I'd appreciate it. <laughs> Rock Geek is the checkout code. Yes. Rockandrollgeek.com. <laughs> All right. Find me on the Twitter. Okay. I'm sorry, Joey. <laughs> this is like when Gene Simmons goes on Conan. He's got like 12 things to promote. <laughs> All right. So I, I tried to narrow it down to 10 albums, and I there was no way I could. So here, here's – let me see. Right. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, probably about 25. Okay. In some of these artists, I have two albums in there. Okay. If you want to pick your favorite one uh, of the multiple artists, then you can still mention the other record, of course. Okay. I I would love for you to do that, because I'm like that with like people like Alice and stuff like that. There's just no way. Oh, I don't even have any Alice Cooper listed? Oh, hold on a second. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> Fuck, see? Wait a minute. Now i got to put Killers in there. It's not killers. Alice Cooper killer. Hold on, hold on. I way, forgot about that one. Well, while we're at it, one thing I did want to mention, Michael, my my favorite thing, and you're always so nice to play anything that I have to say when I call into the line. That's another thing that's great about the Rock and Roll Geek Show. Well, that I have that I have conversations with voicemails. No need to go there. But the fact that you play your listeners' voicemails, and I love the comments. By the way, I love the Paul Stanley singalongs. I love by the all way, of that. If you if a podcaster out there wants to get voicemails, play the voicemails and talk to the voicemails. If you want to get emails, read the emails. Exactly. And have a conversation with the emails. That's why I do it. Yeah, that's why you have more listeners. Who wants Who wants to hear a fucking podcast? Oh, you had it. You're clean. Sorry, your family. No, no, who no, wants- no. You could say fuck. Who wants to listen to a podcast where the guy just plays the comment and goes, okay, thank you for the comment. Next one. That's idiotic and lame, isn't it? Yeah, that's Casey Kasem stuff. You I know. mean, 
more power to the guys who who make fun of me for doing it. Do how you show however you want, but it just seems obvious to me that you'd have want to have a conversation with somebody. Yeah, I like the personability about it. Like you you ask me a question, and when you ask somebody a question, when they mention something, you didn't get the answer to it. They'll write back or they'll call back again and answer your question. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's not that hard to get people to um, respond to your show. Yeah, but one of the one of my favorite things ever is when you did the Rock and Roll Geek Hall of Fame, and you let me have the honor. Oh, that's right. You did the greatest. Uh, you did the greatest. Um, what do you call it? What do they call it when they go in? Induction speech. Induct. You did the greatest induction speech of all. You did Alice Cooper, right? Yes, I did. Exactly. I, I actually spent time and wrote. You wrote it down. Out. And uh, yeah, I had it all ready just like someone would if they were up at the, you know, the stupid Cleveland one. And I got to say, I think I blew away. I, I you know, I, I don't even remember much about it, but I, I blew away that induction speech that inducted Alice into the Hall of Fame. So, yeah, you you ever listen to Jim Rome on Sports Talk? Uh, I've, I've heard Jim before. Yeah. All right, you had a take and you didn't suck. Th- there you That's go. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So coming in at number 20 in Michael Butler's 20 or so, it's probably now 25. I don't know. Coming in at number 20 on my top 20 albums of all time, in my opinion, at this time, at this moment in time, because that will change next week. Okay. It's a band that you've probably never heard, Joey. Oh, try me. Are we talking about any of these bands, or am I just going to announce Of course, them? we can wax however long you want on them. Uh-oh, uh-oh, where's my album? I don't even have the fucking... Holy shit. Shit, I don't even have the album on my list. Oh, who is it? Because in my I iTunes? Do, I'm going to be so happy if I do and you don't. What I have is- the vinyl. Hold on, let me pull the vinyl out. Ooh, vinyl. Hold on, i got to find it. You better hit pause, Jet. Uh, Joey, no need. Call Graph right. Records forever. Right, hold on a second. I'm fine. I'm reaching up into my albums here. It's just highly unprofessional. Yeah, I'm sorry. I apologize. Right, it's in the ends. Ooh, watch yourself. It's in the ends, and it's not Ted Nugent. Mm. Uh, I'm looking for it here. The do, I not have, do I not even have it on vinyl? Do I not even have it on vinyl? Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. Uh, here it is. I if found it. I found it. Here it is. The, if it's in the ends, I'm going to guess Nazareth. Wrong. That's up there. That's one of my top, but this is not it. The Naz? It's, it's actually a number. It's actually three. Well, some some of their albums start with an N, but some of it's a number. It's a band called 999. Ah, yeah. I know who they are. Okay. Yeah. The album is called High Energy Plan. I, I heard this album when I was driving down the street in Jacksonville, Florida in about... Let me see. What, album, what year did this album come out? I'm going to say 1979. The year I was born. I think it's 1979. I can't really read it, but I. Yes. 1979. I was driving to work at a hospital, washing dishes, and they play. And this woman on the rock, the rock DJ played this song called Feeling All Right with the Crew. And she said, this band is called 999. And this song, I just loved it. And I went out and bought the album and I loved this album. I played it a million times. The band is called 999. It's kind of a punk rock band. Yeah. yeah, they're definitely considered a punk rock band. I see them mostly on those like punk rock box set collections. And 
A lot of skins like this being oh. skinheads. <laughs> yeah, I know there was a lot uh, like exploited and Antonio League and that kind of stuff. But uh, this band was way above all those bands. They had a guitar player named Nick. Was it Nick Cash? Was it Nick Cash on guitar and Guy Days on vocals? I think so. I think Nick Cash was the you guitar player. You have the player. album right there. No, Guy Days was the guitar player. Okay. Let me ask you <laughs> something. When you first you said you first heard it around there, nineteen seventy nine. Let's say uh, uh, living in Jacksonville, Florida. Had you how much punk rock had you heard up until that point? Uh, I hadn't formed Stevie Stiletto yet. Okay, that that was in like 1982. This was before then. Okay, so like that. I, I didn't mean, consider this punk rock. This was good rock because right. the guitar player fucking shredded, man. Okay. And the song you should play "Feeling All Right" with the crew if you can find it. You probably don't have it. I I I I have it somewhere. I just got you know. I probably have to just rip it from this vinyl. Don't worry, I'll but find it. We're and we're gonna play it. We're gonna play that one right now. This record is called High Energy Plan. All right. Or nine nine nine. It's one of my favorite albums of all time. Nine nine nine. High Energy Plan. And this song is called Feeling All Right with the Crew.
that great? All that, right. that was great, man. This is fun. <laughs> okay, uh, Michael, thank you very much. Uh, and actually, I got to say, and uh, you know, it's very humbling. That is the Rock Strikes Ten debut of nine nine nine, and you made it happen, Michael Butler. So thank you very much for that. <laughs> If anybody does not know 999, you should go find that band because they are way underrated. There's also another album that gets honorable mention. There's actually two other albums from them that should get honorable mention from me because I burnt these albums out. One of them is called Concrete from 999, and the other one is called Biggest, The Biggest Prize in Sport. Good songs, top to bottom, just catchy as hell tunes. Good guitar playing, good vocals, and just super catchy tunes. Yeah, and that's what I love about you, Michael. You... I feel very akin to you as far as taste goes. Pop sensibilities, Pop man. Pop sensibility is key. We've talked about this uh, on and off air before. It's it is the thing. It's the number one thing. So, <clears throat> all right. What do you got for number nineteen, Michael? Okay, another band that probably nobody's ever heard who listens to your show. Actually, no, I'm going to change it because this album is higher up on my list. Okay. okay? So I'm going to go with uh, a band called Angel. Ah yes. All right. See if I can guess the, can I guess try to guess the record? Go ahead. Since I'm a longtime listener, I'm gonna guess, and I, I want to say you did a revisit or you did a decent segment on this Coliseum Rock. That's Stars. That's oh the fuck! What am I? Stars. Oh, oh so, sorry. I was gonna say Unearth as it is in Heaven. Uh, stars and Angel were around the same time. They yeah. might have been both a coin bins. Yeah, they were. I, I got into both of them at the same time because of you, actually. I don't know if they were, but actually, I don't think they were both. The coin bands, but Angel was on Casablanca. They were supposed to be like the anti uh, antithesis of Kiss. They were like Kiss were like the devil, and Angel was whatever. Kiss yeah. wore black, Angel wore white, whatever. Uh, on Earth is Heaven is not the album. Wrong. <laughs> okay. The only reason most Angel fans would tell me I'm full of shit for for making this my favorite, but the reason this is. My favorite angel album is because when i was in 12th grade i had the cassette and i played this record this cassette over and over and over and over and over and over again because i i love this this the band is or the album is called sinful from angel oh. which was going to be called uh was it bad not bad reputation but uh come on somebody uh joy or eddie Eddie M, what was what was sinful? The alternate title going to be? Why don't I know this? I'm drawing a blank. Bad something. They they this was what the album they wanted to they wanted to shit because they all wore white. You know they had like right. they wore the costumes yeah. and this was going to be their album that they stopped wearing white and they were just going to be like street guys. You know, <clears throat> as a matter of fact, if you look on the inside of it, <clears throat> you see them wearing normal clothes like on the inner sleeve. Oh. But the record label said, nope, not going to happen. <laughs> I'm going to have to look for him on, on the Wikipedia now. Let me look. Hold on. Find Angel Wikipedia. I no, feel. No. Oh, Bad Publicity was the original title for it. All right. <clears throat> and that reminds me, as I was looking for Angel, I forgot to put the Angels in my top 20 albums. See? Oh, man. Doc and the boys. <laughs> I got to put that one in there now, too. See? <laughs> And that's going to probably have to be a live one, but I don't know. Another it's another not, band that I I, I got into because of you. It is impossible to break to narrow it down to to, to top ten. I, and anybody who says I have eclectic taste, blah blah blah, eh, 
No. Maybe th- maybe this is an quote eclectic mix. I don't know, but I consider this all rock. My favorite. I don't know who said it, but I read it somewhere. The best statement I ever heard about music is there are two types of music fans. That are those who are honest about what they listen to, and then there are those that claim to listen to everything. Yeah. People listen to everything I don't trust. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I got this uh, really cool two-box two box sets of Singles Collection Volume 1 and Volume 2 of Angel, and they're all 45s, like the original 45 replicates. So is it digital? No, it's like the vinyl. Uh-huh. What's on it? It's got every single they ever put out, so it's every 45 they ever did. And okay, so you, prob- you probably have this song from Sinful, then. It's probably one of those 45s, I'm going to guess. Wild and Hot, that was the single from Sinful, I believe. Wow, okay, yeah. Could have been Don't Take Your Love. Let's see. I'm, I'm, don't Take Your Love and Bad Time, that's the A and B side of the Having a Bad Time, that's also that's sung by Greg Jafria, I believe. Okay. Bad Time, that's written, uh, Greg Jafria co-wrote that. I think he sang lead on that, I could be wrong though. But uh, we'll, we'll play whatever you want, so what was but the record? W- what was the record? When I was a kid, it's called, the record is called Sinful, also okay. known as Bad Publicity, but when I was a kid, this song was played, eh, occasionally on rock radio, but Wild and Hot, Wild and Hot was like one of my anthems. Listening back to it now, it doesn't really stand up as well, there's lots better songs on this album, Love, Lovers Live On, great song in this album um wait a long time's good don't take your love good la lady's a great one uh just can't take it. it's a little bit little bit pop and his voice was a little bit high but this album holds a special place in my heart just because i drove around in my uh 1976 dotson b210 or 1972 i think dotson b210 and wow. wore it out all right so what do you want to hear off this one michael i want to hear wild and hot all right consider it done
Angel was a way underrated band. Yeah. There you go. So, Michael, and I want to thank you for turning me on to Angel, actually, because uh, it's a band I'd always heard about, actually, as a Frank Zappa fan, getting referenced in that Punky's Whip song. Yes. Uh, but I would have never heard of them, probably as quick, if not for you. So thank you. Like I said, most Angel fans would probably laugh at me for liking Sinful the most, because most people would probably see the first Angel record or Unearth or one of those, but <clears throat> I like... I like Sinful the best. Yeah. Well, this is the show to come on to for that because, you know, we I think we actually have the same favorite Priest album, Point of Entry, and that's not a very popular exactly. one. Exactly. With the fans. Point of Entry, great album. I should put that in one of, up there too. See? <laughs> Forgot Priest. I'm fucking up your list, man. <laughs> I love Hellbent for Leather too. Oh, so. that's a great one, yeah. I played the original Green Manalishi a few weeks ago on the show. So yeah, Butler's played Green Manalishi yeah. in my cover band. See, this list is it's it's it could change because there's a, lots of bands, like I said, that I forgot about when I was throwing this list together. I threw this list together in about twenty minutes, Joey Rock. Uh, that's how much I spent time I spent on this. It's okay. I, I won't be insulted over that. So that's twenty more than uh, I I expected. Now, uh, okay. Where are we now? Eighteen. Eighteen. Eighteen is a band called the Circle Jerks. Ah, yeah. The reason I like the Circle Jerks so much because it's part of my youth. Most of these albums are are albums that are special to me because of my youth. So yeah. I think that's everybody's list. You know, like yeah. people. You know, it, it it takes you to that time. Circle Jerks, the album is called Wild in the Streets. It was a toss-up between Wild in the Streets and Group Sex, actually. Group Sex was the first one that I actually had from the Circle Jerks. So you can probably pick anything off Wild in the Streets or Group Sex. I'm gonna, those, they're probably a tie. You can actually buy Group Sex and Wild in the Streets as a... Um, it's a twofer. Like, as a twofer, yeah. You can actually buy both of them. Oh, nice. Well, that's a high recommendation. Yeah, Group Sex, Wild in the Streets. I think you get them for the price of one, as a matter of fact. Oh, I appreciate that. So you can that. pick... You can pick any of those songs. I guess I will pick from both those albums. Hold on, my, my daughter's texting me. I, I think she's watching the Giants game. or saying, when are you going to be done with the show? It's six to five. Giants are trying to come back. I'm sorry, man. <clears throat> they suck. Giants suck so bad this year. Hey, well, at least you have one uh, you know, World Series. All right. So Wild in the Streets. I'm going to pick the title track, Wild in the Streets, which is a, it is an anthem. All right. Here you go. Big club fighters and your newspaper writers still need a drug store to kill my buzz. Why? 
America has your favorite son. Do you care just what he's done? Have you ever heard the Circle Jerks, Joey? Oh, absolutely. You know, for I think one degree I separation think, from Black Flag. I played. Um, I think you actually played. I want to destroy you on an indie cast, which yes. actually gave me a good idea for a show I did one time, which was uh, I did an episode of all train wreck duets. Uh, you know, on paper that I actually like. So. Yeah, with um, uh, Keith Morris and Debbie Gibson. Uh, Debbie Gibson. That's yeah. actually that's a live duet, right? I, I, they actually went in and did it in the studio, but they used to do it live, uh, like around New York City and sporadically, and that actually got people talking about them. By so. the way, Debbie Gibson, uh, early um, early guilty pleasure for me. I used to have a hot crush on her. Oh, wow. There you go. We saw her play for free at a um, at an outdoor thing in Jacksonville, Florida, and I believe we threw underwear up on the stage. I, believe, I think <laughs> we did. Nice. <laughs> Reverse she was Tom hot. She, she was cute back then. I think she's still good looking now. Yeah, I saw her on us. I, I actually, I got to confess, I watched Celebrity Apprentice last year, mainly because of Dee Snyder. Was she being on, on it? it? She was on it. Dee was on the same year. And, How'd she uh, look? She she looked fine. You know, it's 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 funny how the whole thing about the rivalry between her and Tiffany that the press made up. Oh, Debbie and, gets some blue Tiffany away. And then they both wound up doing playboy and the same kind of reality show. Oh, really? She did playboy. I got to oh, find yeah. that. Yeah. That's out there, man. Anybody who's listening to this, please send me a playboy shot of Debbie Gibson, rock and roll geek at gmail.com. I really appreciate it. Cause I would like to see that. <laughs> but, I like uh, Debbie Gibson. She, I, music. Eh. Not so. I don't really remember it in your any of her music, to be honest with you. But right. the fact that she played a duet with Keith Morris for uh, "I Want to Destroy You," yeah, it's a great song. <laughs> Come on, yeah. she's she got points in any guy's book. Oh, totally. Especially she was cute too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so Michael, we're up to number seventeen. Okay, seventeen. I'm going to go with a more current band. Okay. Bit, the Darkness. Ah, uh, yes. And this record is called Permission to Land. Uh, the debut. Top, top to bottom. Great album. I uh, don't think there's a bad song on this album. Let me look. I concur. Oh, pardon me, I'm burping up this fine Tecate. Let me look on the on my iTunes for The yeah. Darkness. See what what tracks are on this. Can you I, name them? Uh, I can. I could. Let me think. Black Shuck, uh, Love on the Rocks with No Ice. Of course, I believe in the thing called Love. That's uh, tossing on a Friday night. Uh, 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 growing on me. Growing on me. Oh yeah. Is that the closer? Uh, no, that's the third song. Get oh, your hands okay. off my woman. Get your hands off my woman, motherfucker. Yeah. Stuck in a rut, giving up for every single song. Yes. Including the ballad holding my own, holding my own is a great you, tune. You interviewed Frankie on your show. Yeah, he wrote a book, and the guy—it was a good book too. Yeah, yeah, and I like that you actually, uh, unlike you know a lot of the mainstream press who just kind of pretend like they only have that one record, but those other two records are really solid. And I'm yes, glad, they are. I'm glad that you give it up for him publicly as well. As a matter of fact, going back to One Way Ticket to Hell and Back, that's a way underrated record. In my Absolutely, opinion. it is. So yeah. is Hotcakes. 
Yeah. And a uh, special mention to um, Justin's Leg. other band, Hot Leg. Yeah. Good album, too. I saw them when I went to Austin for South by Southwest. I saw Hot Leg, and I was like a fanboy. Yeah, you, you, that's, you only saw the few handful of gigs they did, so that's awesome, man. So, so for, for permission to land, the song I'm going to pick is Growing On Me. All right, here you go. song from the start great riff great chorus great verse everything you want in a rock and roll song i love the fact that the hipsters turned their back on the darkness when they realized that they weren't doing a bit yeah that, fuck that yeah fuck that that made me so happy 
Because I was like, yeah, they, they actually do mean it. And if they didn't, you'd still like them. Justin Hawkins and his brother, both fantastic guitar players. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Justin Hawkins, fantastic songwriter, fantastic singer. Yeah. I've never had the pleasure. Uh, probably my top five biggest regret shows of not going to see was actually The Darkness. On that tour, they were playing a theater that's literally about 15 minutes from me. So I must have just had no money or something that week because I would have gone normally. I saw them play, I think when that album just came out, they played a club in, in San Francisco called yeah. Slims. Yeah. And it was, it was, I think it was sold out. It was close to sold out. That, that club only holds like 600. Yeah. If so, that, maybe, maybe less. Yeah. So it they was play, fantastic. They played the Verizon theater just, you know, a few miles from me, like I said, and I saw like Alice and Cheap Trick play there this summer. So it's a great venue and opening on that tour, you probably know this, but. Opening on that tour was a band that I was just a few months from getting into, and that was a band called the Wild Hearts. Oh, that's right. The Wild Hearts did a lot of dates with them. That's yeah. Right. yeah. Wild Hearts pulled out of their uh, – they were headlining a bunch of shows, and I think they pulled out to go on tour with The Darkness. Well, that's smart at the time. I mean, if they were going to break in America, that was going to be the thing that helped them. And most of the gigs, I think um, Dan Hawkins wore a Wild Hearts shirt. Nice. At least he yeah. did when they came on Jimmy Kimmel or one of those shows. He was wearing a Wild Hearts shirt. Very cool. Yeah. So, all right, great pick, Michael. Uh, the great number sixteen. What do you got for us? Okay, number sixteen in my top twenty. A band that probably nobody has heard unless they listen to the Rock and Roll Geek Show because I interviewed this woman, one of my rock heroes, is a band called Holly and the Italians. Holly Beth Vincent. Yes, I remember that episode. Time. Yeah. There's an album called The Right to Be Italian. If you do not own that album, you need to go get that album because if you're a fan of pop songs, every single song on this album. Do you have this album, Joey? I do not. I've been trying to get a vinyl copy of it ever since that interview, actually, believe it or not. And every time I find it, it's always... Like 25, 30 bucks. I'll send you the MP3s if you want me to. For oh, this. Well, that's probably the way I'm going to have to be able to play it on the show. So thank you. <laughs> if you have not heard this out, like I said, every single song there is. Well, I have, I have a bonus. Uh, the the digital I have here has got bonus tracks. I don't I oh, think cool. uh, it's got 10 tracks on the original original on the vinyl yeah. it's got her dressed in a dress and yeah. wearing gloves and playing a stratocaster i think she was not happy with the with the record cover yeah she put out another album called holly beth vincent which is a complete left turn but i kind of like that album. looking back as a holly beth vincent fan i kind of like the holly beth vincent album a little bit better only because i'm a super fan but as far as quality albums she had studio musicians on this album the right to be italian um yeah. Uh, what's it? Anton Fig played drums. I think Paul Schaefer was also in, in the album. Well, as that well. makes sense. He was in Paul's band, so yeah, yeah. yeah it. Um, so I, I, what I know of this, like I said, is the episode you did on it. So um, I'm, I'm excited to debut some Holly and the Italians on Rock Strikes Ten. Every single song on this album is a catchy as hell pop song with great guitars. Okay. All right. So throw a dart and let's hear it. All right, so I'm just gonna pick. I'm just gonna throw a dart and pick one song in this album. Any one. Rock Against Romance. Actually, that's a little bit too long of a song. It's five minutes and thirty-three seconds. It might be too, a little bit too long for the show. Doesn't matter. So I'll go with the short one, Youth Coop, which is a great riff just to open up with. I can sing it on the top of my head right now. Ba da 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 ba ba. Youth Coop. That's my pick. 
know, speaking of women you've had on your show, I just recently, like the other day at work, I scored a vinyl of the Ellen Foley album that you did an episode about. So, yeah. You know, I got a lot of shit for that episode. Really? Why? People said that album sucks. Ah, oh, no, man, it's great. And I just went out, I went camping the other like a few weeks ago, yeah. and I got on and I just was like turning people on to music, and I played Ellen Foley and. That album's quality, top to bottom. That yeah. Ellen Foley album, I should put that in my top too, but I'm not, I'm not yeah. in my top list as well. But I'm not going to. Yeah. We can do that with like, uh, you know, we can do that on a later episode. So, Ellen Foley album's great, top. But Holly and the Italians, when I was, when I just formed Stevie Stiletto in like not 80, 82, maybe a year or two before this is when this album came out. As a matter of fact, Holly, Holly Beth Vincent, I think sings. She does a duet with Joey Ramone. That that I got you, babe. Yeah, yeah. That's that's Holly Beth Vincent. Oh, cool. And on the Dictators, uh, you you know the yeah, Dictators. I've got that album. Yeah, the first Wait, one. Yeah. No, not the Dictators. Uh, Manitoba's Wild Kingdom. Which song is "I Need a Real Man"? Manitoba. What song is that? Oh, jeez. I have that, and I have that album too. And you. Yeah, yeah, that is Holly Beth Vincent doing that. Oh. Doing "I Need a Real Man," Manitoba. That's awesome. That's her. <laughs> My wife uh, dated she or the father of her of her son Brian the kid the guy who lives with he's like my son whatever but the yeah. father of him his natural father um, went to New York and was having an affair with Holly Beth Vincent. Wow, you got my six degrees of separation. Wow, that's less than six, sir. <laughs> so I had sex with the woman he was having sex with. So I kind of fucked Holly Beth Vincent in, indirectly. Wow, like six degrees off. Wow, you know. And you don't mind me putting that on the show or not? I don't care. Nice. Thank you, sir. Holly Beth Vincent, super good looking. As she had, she came out with another band called The Oblivious. Yeah. And I interviewed her backstage. I think I interviewed her backstage. I think I did. No, I did well, not interview her. You called her. You called her, yeah. Well, I, interv- I had her on my show, yeah. Okay. But um, Tony Isabella, the woman who managed Exodus, was booking for Slims. And she played Slims with The Oblivious. And she knew – and, Hol- and uh, Tony – Knew I was a super fan of Holly Beth Vincent, so she brought me backstage to meet her. Oh, okay. And I got her to sign all my. I have I have like seven inches and both the records. She got she signed all my stuff and was like really impressed that anybody remembered who she was. Yeah, I, I always like uh, the the occasional thing where I will bring something as obscure as possible for them to sign when I was doing a lot of the signing stuff. And whenever they're like, "Where'd you get this? I don't even have this," you know, that's always fun. I was just so like starstruck to meet her because i was such a super fan yeah all right michael well thank you so much for bringing that up i I was thinking that was going to be on there for some reason so yay uh so we got 15 more michael what you got for number 15 all right a band called the descendants ah yes god just talk about hooks and your punk rock oh well this is a good rock album i mean i could pick cool to be you could be up there, but I'm going to pick up an album called All from the Descendants because oh. that has a special meaning for me because I was in Stevie Stiletto and I saw them when they toured this album. I think they played our club. We had a club in Jacksonville, Florida. I think they no, I think they might have toured. They might have played our club when they had Enjoy out, which was the album before this. Right. And I think I saw them at the Metroplex in Atlanta when I was living at the Metroplex when in Stevie Stiletto. We moved all over the country and we yeah. we lived in Atlanta and we lived and for a time we lived in this squat slash club called the Metroplex and they played and they were this was when they all just came out. And yeah. this album is t- from top to bottom. You have this album? 
I, I, I know I do because I have most Ascendant stuff and I have actually have a lot of all stuff too. I love all. So yes, they, they formed all, I believe after this album, they broke up because yeah. Milo went to, uh, you know, he quit and wanted to find a cure for cancer is what he said. Wow. <laughs> and so they went on to become all, but this album called all yeah. is from the descendants and it's a, top to bottom great album yeah. i don't think it's a very long album it might be like 30 minutes no, long their albums are never very long <laughs> so great playing this is the first album i think that steven egerton I, th- I think that's how you pronounce his name yeah that's right on, yeah. on guitar uh like carl steven. carl alvarez i think carl alvarez might have been on enjoy but this is the first album with this lineup and yeah with those two guys together the bass player i'm stumbling over my words i apologize joey that's all right when you you hear this album does it take you right back to that that club yes they were so fucking tight nice when they were playing this album and and they they blew me away live i'd already seen them but when they played for this album they were just so fucking amazing and this album if you're a fan of just good rock albums whether it be punk rock or not you should have this all from the descendants album and the song i'm going to pick oh shit it could be just plenty of songs i could pick i mean i could pick pep talk but i'm gonna pick a song called clean sheets all right Drawer. You tucked me in, stop my 
There you go. Clean sheets from the record all by the descendants. There you go. Where am I on the list? 14. Bro? All right, Michael. Let's uh, let's blaze through it just like the descendants do. Number 14. All right. 14, a band called Paul McCartney and Wings. Ooh, yeah. Did you now, get you that? S- did you get that reissue that just came out of Wings Over America? Because I know you're a big fan of that record. Uh, I have the deluxe edition, I think. I don't know if I have it or not, actually. I have the vinyl, which was yeah. done. The cover was done by Hypnosis. Yeah. Believe it or not. Storm Thorgerson. Yeah, who was on your show. Yes. yes. One of the great. Uh, you said it was okay to do live albums, yeah. right? Live albums count, in my opinion. <laughs> it's a toss-up between Wings Over America and Band on the Run. Ooh, both both great. And, no, I take it back. It's a toss-up between Paul McCartney, Solo, Ram, Ooh. Wings Over America, and Band on the Run. <sighs> See, oh, it's a three-way geez. tie, man. It's impossible to get this down. Uh, we'll tell you what. I need an excuse to. Uh, well, I have Ban on the Run, so that would be easy. I've got. Well, most... I'm going to pick something off Ram. What do you think of that? I, I think that's fine. I'm sure I have it too. <laughs> the song is called "Too Many People," which I covered oh. this song in my band, The Flexipleasers. Yeah, and that's supposed to be kind of a shot at John and Yoko, apparently. So. I don't know. I have no idea. I just think it's a great tune. Yeah, it is a great tune. So here you go. Too many people. Yeah, they put out a deluxe of that last year too. Because I think I have it. I, I played something for I. I don't know if it was that, but I definitely played something from Ram on my show last year. So you no, know, Paul McCartney. They had this um, event in San Francisco called the Out, Outer Land Outside Lands. Paul McCartney played last week. Oh wow! He played three hours. God, yeah, that's that's great. I know someone that just saw him at Bonnaroo a few uh, a few months ago and said that he played about that long. I'm like, that's that's amazing that he'll still do that. You know. Uh, like, because people want to hear everything by him, so why not just do it? It's great, especially. For I the- think I'm I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I think Paul McCartney, after the Beatles, Paul McCartney's solo stuff was better than jo- than uh, John Lennon's solo stuff. I I've been going back and forth with that like my whole life. I even like some of George's stuff, but lately, over the last years, I've listened to more Paul stuff than John stuff. So. Paul McCartney and Wings, please, man. That band was great. Jimmy McCullough on guitar, the late Jimmy McCullough. Yeah. Denny Lane from the Moody Blues. That band was fucking great. Yeah. So, any of these three albums, okay? Yeah. It doesn't matter which one. Wings Over America, Paul McCartney, Ram, or Band on the Run. Yeah. Okay. Any of those three, you cannot go wrong with. No argument from me, yeah. So, uh, number 13, Michael. Okay, what am I going to pick here? Number 13, can I pick Greatest Hits? It's your show. It's your list. I'm not going to, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to keep it This must be a good one. This must say. be a band that has a pretty massive catalog for you to do that. Well, I was going to say Donovan, the best of Donovan. Uh, you know what? I- I'm going to let you do that because if you're picking that, that Greatest Hits, especially the Legacy version, that's... That's all that that that's a great 101. So, if okay, I'll pick that. Why not? Donovan. That's one of, of my Donovan. favorite interviews you've ever done on your show ever. Please. I'm not even one kidding. Of mine too. I was I was sitting 3 feet in front of the guy. He invited me on his when he was rehearsing. He said, "Come up on the stage, Michael, and have a look at what I'm doing here." I was and he didn't talk like a Jersey guy, but whatever. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe he's calling me up here to talk. I was, I sat there. I was the only person watching this rehearsal. It was not like a press rehearsal or anything. Right. It was just me. Michael, would you come? I got to hand. I got to. I have to hand it to Super Producer Shane. Yeah, I mean, 
you told me you, I remember you saying that on the show, and I was just blown away that you got to do that, and you were the only person that got to. And where is Shane? I miss him. <laughs> he he did so much for my show. So you really aren't Shane. No, Shane booked these guys on my show, and I don't know what happened to him. He Cause, disappeared. Because everybody thinks you're Shane. I'm not Shane Chisholm. That guy did so much for my show and I, he just disappeared. He stopped returning my emails. I think I must've pissed him off or something, not thanked him for one of the interviews or something. I've sent him emails. I've everything. I've hit him up on Skype. He has not responded. I said, man, whatever I did to piss you off, I'm sorry. I miss you, man. Do you know anybody that knows him? I mean, he's not dead. Is he? I don't know. I really don't know. I've, I've sent him emails. He's got several email addresses. I've sent all of them. I've sent him Skype. Wow. No response. That guy did so much for my show. Hmm. No, I, I'm not Shane. I know. But yeah, back to the Donovan thing. I mean, uh, I, I knew very little about him before the interview that you did with him. I always liked his stuff, but I became a bigger fan just because of the way you described that day. I'm not even kidding. You know, almost – hold on. Almost you can't almost consider like folk rock, and I don't know if well, that yeah. should be considered rock. But the guy was a real rock star. Yeah, but he's still I mean, cool Jimmy though. He's, he seemed to transcend the folky thing because he he was just such such a cool rock star, and he wrote great songs that are accessible to people that love rock and roll. And the guy was a hit with the ladies. And Jimmy and Jimmy Page played on his records. Yeah, almost and all of he Zepp, played. Almost all of and Zepp he sang did. on on Billion Dollar Babies, exactly. man. Exactly. <laughs> so you could say he's the only guy that could say that Zeppelin was his backing band because they all played on his record, all of them actually. I don't know if Joe. I don't know if Robert Plant did. Well, the band did. Like Bonham and Jones and Page all played on his records. So. Yes. Shit, I want to pick Atlantis. That's five minutes and eight seconds. You can play Atlantis on the show. It's fine. We'll do a two-parter. I'm prepared to do that. So. I remember on Good Clean Fun, I tried to turn Jasper on to Donovan. <laughs> yeah, and he, he was not believe, having it. He, he was could not. not believe I was liking it, but the fucking music is fucking great, man. Yeah, I love Atlantis. Give me an excuse to play it on the show. Uh, I'm going to pick Season of the Witch. Why not? No, yeah. Season of the Witch is only four Let's go for go with Atlantis. All right. Thank you, Michael. We're about to go. To Atlantis. <laughs> the continent of Atlantis was an island which lay before the great flood in the area we now call the Atlantic Ocean. So great an area of land that from her western shores those beautiful sailors journeyed to the south and the North Americas with ease in their ships with painted sails to the east Africa was her neighbor across a short strait of sea miles. The great Egyptian age is but a remnant of the Atlantean culture. The antediluvian kings colonized the world. All the gods who play in the mythological dramas, in all legends from all lands, were from fair Atlantis. Knowing her fate, Atlantis sent out ships to all corners of the earth. On board were the twelve. The poet, 
the physician, the farmer, the scientist, the magician, and the other so-called gods of our legends, though gods they were, and as the elders of our time choose to remain blind, let us rejoice and let us sing and dance and ring in the new. Hail Atlantis! I can interject. Do you know that Stonehenge? Oh, how they dance! The little people of Stonehenge. Exactly. Was based was inspired by the song Atlantis from Donovan. That's that's amazing, right there. Did I, you know that? I, I've thought I've often thought of Atlantis during that song, but I didn't realize it was a direct influence. So, and it's it's used in a very famous movie moment too in uh, Goodfellas. Yeah. Oh. When they when they kill when they kill Billy Bats and Goodfellas, they kill him to Atlantis. 
I don't, I don't, uh, good knowledge. I don't remember that. Yeah, that, that's a that's great. That's why you're the great oracle. <laughs> Rocklopedia. All right. Uh, so awesome. I'm so glad you played Donovan. I wasn't expecting to hear Donovan. I know he's a super cool guy, but uh, I'm glad he made your list, Michael. So thank you. Well, he was not, it was almost not on my list because it's best of, because I don't think any of his albums on their own can stand up from top to bottom. Yeah. And a lot of those were actually single only releases. So that's back when you had to put out a best of to actually compile it physically onto one set. So, well, the album I have is greatest hits. It's on vinyl. It's not even the very best of Donovan. It's just the greatest hits. It's one of the first vinyl albums that I ever had. I think my stepfather might have given to me this album as a matter of fact i know exactly. so again it's from my youth yeah i know exactly what the one you're talking about too it's uh, that's the iconic greatest hits by donovan for sure yes yeah so all right down to number 12 michael what do you got for me you've been schooling okay. me all night i mean this, this stuff is great all right i'm not going to school you on this one this this is uh one of the greatest albums ever made it's common knowledge sex pistols Ah, never mind the Bullocks. If you don't have this record, what do you say to people that don't own this record? If you don't own this album, you're an idiot. For first of all, you have to have this album. <laughs> if you're a rock fan, I don't know how you could not have this album. This album changed the face of. Did it change the face of music? I don't know. Yeah. But it is a quality album from top to bottom. Come on, it's this the, album was revolutionary. I always say it's the better album with the word "never mind" in the title. Wait a minute. Now what? Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah Nirvana's not in my top albums, okay? <laughs> I didn't think they were going to be. <laughs> All right. So you can just throw a dart at this album, too. Oh, God. Um, Do you disagree? What, no, no, I don't disagree. I'm just trying to think. Um, anything? I've played God Save the Queen on the show before. I'm thinking Bodies. Bodies Second is brilliant. Song. Let's fucking do Bodies. That's great. I don't want a baby that looks like that. Fuck this. Fuck that. Fuck it all and fuck her fucking brat. Exactly. Come on. All right, so, of course, never mind the Bullocks, 1977, I believe. Their one and only studio album, <laughs> if you don't count all the bullshit, like cash-ins and all that stuff. Yeah. But that's the one, yeah, right there. So, what, and, and you have 11 more after that, so I'm very curious. I don't know if I can whittle it down to 11, Joey. Well, you have 11 left, so make the best all of right. it. All right, number 11, UFO. Ah, uh, yes. Again, hard to decide between Strangers in the Night and my favorite UFO album. Well, I mean, you know, Strangers in the Night is kind of the equivalent of like, you know, Kiss Alive or Ramones. Uh, it's Alive. It's a great snapshot of the first those first records. And, you know, if you have to whittle it down, that's a good way to do it. Uh, my, my favorite UFO album, Wild, the Willing, and the Innocent. But if nobody's heard UFO and I, and I tell them to get this album, Wild, the Willing, and the Innocent, it probably would not turn them into a UFO fan. So you think Strangers – if Strangers of the Night does a better job, in your opinion, then that should be on your list. But I don't know. Do I want to make people into a UFO fan or do I want to tell them what it might, I think is the top albums? You know what? Let's go with the album because I have it, so you can't go wrong either way. Right, I'm going to go with Strangers of the Night, although, although honorable mention goes to Wild, the Willing, and the Innocent. All right. Which, and, is, uh, the, which is the second album in the, in the Paul Chapman era. And if I may do a little like buy your I, album shill – I'd actually recently obtained, thanks thanks to you turning me on to them massively, I did get that Chrysalis Years box uh-huh. set. Great, greatest hits album. And uh, it's got... Oh, wait a minute. I th- no, I'm thinking of the Essential UFO, sorry. Yeah, yeah no, I, I've, I had a sen- Essential UFO is the first thing I ever bought, and it's definitely a good 101. If you're, but, yes, if you're a new UFO fan, if you want to be turned on to UFO, buy Essential UFO. That will be yeah. a good... Yeah, because that's got, like, I'm a loser, looking out for number one, yes. of yes. course, lights out. 
But uh, I, I like some of those songs I didn't even know. Even when you got me into them, I started listening to that. And like the first time I heard I'm a Loser, I was blown away. I was like, wow. Yeah, that's on uh... – is that on? Is that on? No place to run. I think. Yeah, I think I, th- I think so. And the and no, the, yeah, I think so. And also, looking out for number one, I think is the first great power ballad of all time. Really I is. I always said that UFO invented the power ballad. I I, I believe you after listening to this stuff. Because... I'm a loser is not on No Place to Run. Yeah. By the way, if anybody's gonna um, tell me I'm an idiot, I think and it's on Phenomenon. I hate that Journey gets the credit for being the band that invented that arena ballad because UFO. It, it, even if let's say they tied, UFO perfected it. So fuck Journey. I believe UFO. I mean, not counting uh, Stairway to Heaven, which I don't consider a power power ballad. Yeah. Looking out for number one is on Obsession and yeah, Obsession's really good. What is I'm a loser on? I forgot. I know it's on the live album. If anybody just somebody tell me I'm an idiot. I've been listening to that box set with all the studio albums, so I'm getting them all mixed up. So that's really my problem with it right now. But eventually I will have it in my memory bank. All right, so we're going to go with the live album, and let's go with the live version of I'm a Loser. How about that? Oh, brilliant. Let's do it. Trying to make the evening move so fast Not in real trouble, but I can't go back home They lock those doors and I'm left out alone You can come to my place and sleep on the couch Lots of people do it and we won't leave you out
That was the great UFO with I'm a Loser, the live version from Strangers in the Night, which is a great way to get into UFO. So do what Michael says and go get that record. Again, it's a tie. It's a tie between Strangers in the Night and The Wild, the Willing, and the Innocent. Yeah. Wild, really, the Willing, and Innocent is my favorite UFO album, but it probably would not be most people's. Yeah. I thought when Eddie Trunk was on your show uh, this week that you were just going to talk about UFO for an hour. That would have been pretty great. I talked a lot about UFO. Y- you did. I, I liked that. But uh, it's, <laughs> I like how uh, once you started talking about Vinnie Moore, you kind of cashed out. <laughs> Please. He's, he's so wrong about Vinnie Moore. Yeah. I met Vinnie Moore one time and he blew me off. So there's my full circle for you. I sent Vinnie Moore a fa- – uh, not Facebook. This was before Facebook. MySpace. Yeah. And I sent him a MySpace message and said, hey, man, I know Pete Way's not coming to the United States for this tour. I'm your guy. And, never and then back. I saw him at, and then I saw and he didn't respond. Then I saw him at NAM, and I said, hey, uh, Vinny, is Pete Way doing this tour? And I said, because I'm your bass player. And he goes, well, you're that guy who hit me up on MySpace. <laughs> Jesus. And then, a, so a listener of the show, uh, I forget which which somebody, I don't I forget the person who, who lives down the street from Paul Raymond, mm. actually knocked on his door and asked, and told and tried to lobby for me to play bass. I love I'm Chuck. T- I still think I'd be the better bass player for UFO than the guy they have. All the guys they have is okay, but I think I'd be better. Yeah. All right. I would say I'd be better for Ted Nugent's band, but that guy who's playing with him is a ripping. He's a better bass player than me, but. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just I, gonna, have, I have more of a spirit. For, since, for since, you, since you brought it up, Michael, if, if for some reason, if for any reason in hell that anybody from a decent band that is touring right now is listening, that you know is a cool band like UFO or Joan Jett and the Blackhearts or you know yes. somebody you know like like when you were talking to Lita Ford a few years ago, like I know she needed a bass player at the time, she totally should have called you. They you don't know. know who I am. There's a, there's this group of like what I call mercenaries. Yeah, I know, like the Marco Mendozas of the world and stuff like that. Yes. But, but you know, uh, Michael, uh, and I didn't mention this yet on the show, I've actually seen you perform, and you are a great stage presence. You totally rock out there. You don't look like you're up there collecting a check. You get into it, and that's uh, I saw you with Jet Boy in Fort Worth at the, at the, uh, the uh, I can't remember the name of the club, but it's some uh, weird... Metal club and Rock Star. I think it was called the Rock. Yeah, like Star. the Rock Star Bar and Grill or something like that. And uh, I had a blast. And you were honestly one of the reasons why, because you're awesome on stage. And anybody who doesn't hire you as their base mercenary is an idiot missing out. So. Well, a lot of guys don't want a guy who's gonna like jump around and you know fly off the drums and stuff. They want a guy who's just gonna stand back there and play, which yep. I would do as well. I'd stand back there and play with Ted. I wouldn't try to overshadow Ted or even Joan. Those would be the two bands if I could play with any band. I don't think I they. Really, I don't think they would even mind, you know, you doing like what Ian Hill does every night, you know, just kind of just, you know, standing in I the same place. You know, you, you know what I'm talking about, the Ian Hill move. When the Butlers play, we play Green Man Alishi. Yeah, I do the Ian Hill move. That's I, awesome. I act like Ian Hill. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? You stand yeah, in one place, yeah. feet glued to the you, floor, you, and you just you, move the bass up and down. Yeah, you move the neck up and down, up and down, and then like you just bang your head while you're doing it. Exactly. It's oh, great. When we play ACDC, I do like Cliff Williams. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, okay. Right, where are we on this list? Well, if you put UFO at number 11, Michael, what I know about you, I am curious as hell now. We are just like getting I into said, part two. It's so, hard to have an order for this, you know? Yeah. 
So we're into part two of this episode okay. now. We're at your top ten. You finished off part one with UFO. I can only imagine what you have for num- uh, the, the ten through one. So let's All go. All right. Number nine. Number ten. Okay, number ten of Michael Butler, the rock and roll geek. <laughs> top whatever number albums. The originator. The little Richard will, of rock and roll podcast. Next week, this top 20 list will change. I guarantee you this list will change. That's why you have to keep writing Michael and, and asking him what's changed since then. Uh, the band is called Nazareth. Ah, yes. My favorite Nazareth album is No Mean City, but this is not. But I don't think this is the better. But I think the better album, although it's not my fav, not my number one favorite. I think the better album between between uh, No Mean City and Hair of the Dog is Hair of the Dog. So I'm picking Hair of the Dog because I think it's a classic album that everybody needs to have in their collection if you do not have hair of the dog from nazareth in your rock music collection eddie trunk does not have it in his rock music collection by the way yeah he he definitely outed himself there (laughs) didn't he (laughs) that spoke volumes yeah it did i should have i should have called him on it but i was kissing his ass yeah it's like you're kissing my ass now joey no but i I love that you started the interview off with uh when i met you before you blew me off (laughs) Yeah, he did. That was great. Thank you for doing that. Billy tried to introduce me to him and said, hey, he's a big Nazareth. He's a, no, he's a big UFO fan, too. He goes, oh, it's great. And he walked away. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, my favorites are No Mean City, Hero of the Dog, Snaz, the live album, and um, Malice in Wonderland. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Hero of the Dog because I think Hero of the Dog is a – Top to bottom, probably a more consistent album than No Mean City. All right, I got um, all the No Mean City holds a special place in my heart. Okay, I have. Uh, well, let's go ahead and play the song, and then I'll do my little Nazareth thing afterwards. So, uh, Michael, what is your favorite song on Hair of the Dog? The song on Hair of the Dog that I want you to play is a song. It's six minutes long. That's fine. You can you can fade it out when it goes to the. Um, Don't worry about it. <laughs> there's like a there's an outro part that goes for probably three minutes. Yeah. The song is, I think it's the last song on side one. Is it, is it Telegram? No, that's on Close Enough for Rock and okay. Roll. Okay, all right. How, sorry. how dare you? I'm so sorry. Which, But that album was, the cover is done by uh, Storm Thorgerson. Okay. Close Enough for Rock and Roll. Close Enough for Rock and Roll, not a great album in my opinion, but Telegraph is a great tune. Okay. The song I'm going to play is Changing Times from Hair of the Dog. All right. And when you hear this, Joey... When you hear Changing Times, you're going to go, whoa, <laughs> what a song. All right. You don't believe me, but when you hear it.
That is a fucking great tune, man. You played that on Greatest of Nazareth, didn't you? Probably so. Yeah. Probably so. Yeah, I've heard all this. When when I met you at the Rockstar Club, if you remember that I actually met you there, and I uh, bought you a beer. There was a guy wearing a Nazareth shirt, and that singer for, was it band Broken Teeth? Was that the band that opened? Yeah, uh, Jason McMaster from Dangerous Toys. That was his other band. Um, Called somebody out in the audience who was wearing a Nazareth shirt. Yeah, and uh, they, they were good that night, too, but I, I I said you were the best thing on stage that night. But uh, uh, we were um, when I got there, I was just like, I can't believe, like, uh, was it, is, is it uh, Manny Charlton? He lives in Dallas, right? Oh, he does? I didn't know he lived in Dallas. I thought he lived in Florida or Texas. I wasn't sure. Yeah, because when you interviewed him, and he actually mentioned that, that he was living in Dallas, and I was just, I think he wound up doing something. I don't know if anything came of it, but he wound up doing something with the original singer from ACDC, because he also lives in Dallas. Huh. But I was like, man, you should have invited him to come out here. I mean, he did your show, and you were like, man, if if I'd have if I'd have had him, me and Billy would have been just sucking his dick right now. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> Those guys don't like him now, by the way. Yeah, um, yeah. Hey. We were supposed to play with Nazareth, and um, Dan McCaffrey is not doing well. Yeah, I, I know. I, I can't. I'm I, I'm so bummed for you that you that, that gig didn't happen with Nazareth. I'm so sorry, man. But uh, when you had Manny on the show. I, I love that you gave him a dream set list while you were interviewing him because I don't think anybody's ever done that like on their show for anybody because they would be too afraid to do something like that. But I loved that. So that's how long I've been listening to your show that I've heard that well, interview. I went on Nazareth's tour bus and gave them that same dream set list. Nice. I actually played a Nazareth song and a Green Day song. I A-beat them yeah. and showed how... Green Day ripped them off note for note on one of their songs. Wow. <laughs> There's a song on No Mean City called Star and Green Day. The beginning of it is, um, what's that song? Uh, when September Ends. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The guitar lick on When September Ends is exactly the same as a song called Star. Jeez. <laughs> And the same, there's another thing on that American Idiot album that they totally ripped off uh, on that Jesus of Suburbia song, which is, you know, it's a cool song, but there's a total All the Young Dudes rip on there. And, yeah. and at the same time, there's also a Motley Crue on with the show rip. So and There you go. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Put a Mohawk in a wheelchair on it. You won't get sued. So, <laughs> all right. So, I'm not gonna say anything bad about Green Day. I like no, no, I like Green Day too. I actually have. Although that last three three album set of theirs is not. I thought it was better than that thing they did with Butch Vig, at least. So. I don't know what that one is. Oh, that one's bad. I don't even own that album. Uh, I've heard it, though. Anyway, so Nazareth, I did expect Nazareth to be on your list, Michael, and you didn't let me down, and that's that's a good thing. So uh, what do you have for number nine? <sighs> See, it's really hard to, to narrow it down now. I know. <clears throat> All right, number nine... Although this album probably should be in, is 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 well known as one of the top five albums of all time, it's my number nine album of all time, and it is the Who. Who's next? Oh yeah, can't go wrong with that. <laughs> I mean, like, there's very few albums that are probably played top to bottom on classic rock. Radio. Yeah, you know, most people. Go, oh, I've heard that album over and over again. That's all I hear on top on whatever those stations are, the bone or whatever. Yeah. But there's a reason for that. Cause yeah. that album's a fucking masterpiece. Man. Yeah. Same goes for raw power and London calling and all those records. Those records are actually great. They're not just overhyped. They're great for a reason. So, 
Yeah, I love it, what man. Am, what, what What is your favorite song off Who's Next? The song I'm going to pick is sung by John Itwistle, the bass player. All right, that's fitting. Called My Wife, and it is a great tune. Top to bottom, every song in this album is great, but I'm going to pick My Wife as my favorite song on Who's Next. All right, there you go, My Wife. that song yeah oh yeah dude i've I've bought who's next four times at this point 
she's coming. It's got French yeah. horns on it. Yeah, man. the horn, the horn part <laughs> makes it for me, man. I'm not even like... My wife, <laughs> when she catches up with me, won't be no time to it. It's a great fucking tune, man. It's not related. And they're pissing on some big monument too. Yeah. That doesn't. That's not relatable in any way to you, though, is it? No. No, no not no, at all. No. Okay. All right, where are we here? Michael, we're at the end of part one of this great two-parter here on Rock Strikes 10. Please join me on the next episode. Shouldn't be too long now before you can hear it, or it's just right above your library right now. But either way, go check out part two, getting down to the nitty-gritty of Michael Butler's all-time favorite rock and roll records. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go down the list here of what we played on the show today. Just in case you'd like it laid out just a little bit more detail, we heard 999 from the album High Energy Plan with the song Feeling Alright with the Crew, followed by Angel from the album Sinful with Wild and Hot, then the Circle Jerks from the Wild in the Streets record, the title track from that record, uh, the Great Darkness from their debut album Permission to Land, and the song Growing on Me, Holly and the Italians with Youth Coop off of the Right to be Italian record. That's one you never would have heard if not for Michael Butler, that's for sure. The Descendants from the All Record with Clean Sheets. Uh, you did not hear Paul McCartney and Wings with Too Many People. Not because I don't like the song. If you're a long-time listener of the show, you know that I played that song recently on an Odds and Ends, I believe at the end of last year. And I had to make, you know, I, I'm doing ten, no more, no less, right? I, I can't break the rule, so I cut that song off of it. So go back and listen to the Odds and Ends of 2012 if you'd like to hear that song. It's right down there, a little bit below. All right. Uh, after that, uh, a guy who the Beatles were a massive fan of, Donovan. Paul McCartney actually uh, doing the Whisper track on Mellow Yellow, which you can hear on Donovan's Greatest Hits. I recommend the Legacy CD edition. The original Greatest Hits plus the extra tracks are worth it because they're extra singles that are equally as great, and we played Atlantis off of that. Do not, do not hesitate to check out Donovan's Greatest Hits. Uh, after that, the Sex Pistols from Nevermind the Bullocks. We did not hear Bodies off of that album. Uh, because, actually, I'm playing that on, on a future episode. So stay tuned for that. So you're, you're, you're asking yourself right now, why did you cut two songs off of his top 20? Well, you're going to have to tune into part two to find out why I actually did that. I'm sure you can figure it out by now, uh, judging by how he talked about his list during the show. After that, after Donovan officially... We played UFO from The Strangers in the Night, the live album, one of the best live albums ever. I agree wholeheartedly, and we played I'm a Loser off of that. Uh, then Nazareth from the classic Hair of the Dog record with Change in Times. And then closing out part one here with The Who off of the immortal Who's Next record with My Wife. All right, please tune into part two. It's going to be great. We've only just begun. And once again, I want to thank Michael Butler for coming on the show here today. And I want to thank every one of you out there for listening. I haven't forgotten about you. The people that listen to my show, subscribe, leave a comment on iTunes and all that stuff. You're the best. Please go to cnjradio.com where you can find links to the Facebook, the Twitter, the iTunes feed, all of that. And use those links. Thank you so very much, everybody, for tuning into the show here today. And stay tuned for part two. Have fun.